talking about 40 minutes now and i i can hear dalton theenum in my usual co-host screaming at me that i haven't asked you about your 2018 season for you guys to come i think you lost what quarterfinals of the indoors quarterfinals of the indoors to ucla um and then lost a tough doubles point and uh they kind of ran away with it uh at, at the end i thought it was pretty surprising uh you know, and going into the 2018 semifinals at the NCAA's, we, 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 we were hoping for a nice day, but usually we're hoping to be inside against the UCLA, so. Yeah, and so, you know, just talking about your run throughout the year, you know, coming into the year, there were as high as expectations can really be. You, you bring in a guy like John McNally, who, as you mentioned, is one of those guys who played pro events, you know, has won a Kalamazoo, has been everywhere you can be in the junior tennis world to bring him in, to bring back a Torpegard, a Wolf, a, a Joyce, all of these guys. Uh, what was it like coaching these this team with those expectations all year long? You know, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, everybody's, this could be the year, this could be the year, this is the year, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing's uh, easy. I mean, we just stick to the same thing. We want to overachieve and we want seniors to have their best year. And, uh, if seniors can have their best year, which Mendez did, which Corpagard did, it's, it's, it's going to lead to, it's going to lead to good things. So, you know, we try to play the toughest schedule possible to uh, get us ready. I think, uh, after we played uh, Mississippi State, uh, we had played every team that was in the quarterfinals of the NCAA tournament. That's good scheduling, so, Coach. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, and all we care about is uh, the development and uh, getting better, you know, with, with every match. But uh, we knew that we were in the hunt if uh, – we could win some bubble points, and uh, we knew that uh, we had some experience all up and down the lineup, and we had a chance to, and we had a chance to uh, to do some good things. But uh, you know, it, you know, nothing's easy. I, I, you know, I'll say it again. There's, there's, you know, Wake Forest could have been, you know, and, and they're at home, so that's going to help Wake Forest. But uh, you know, I feel there were you, 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 you could go into the teens. And you could find some some teams that were, you know, every bit as good as teams that were in the semifinals who, who lost in the round of 16. So each match, it's a it's a different day, and it's a new challenge of get, getting guys rested and getting guys ready. But, uh, you know, early on in the year, we, we, we knew there were 10 or 12 teams that uh, we, we were putting ourselves in position to uh, – 
to play them all and putting ourselves in tough environments like the environment we put our guys into at University of Georgia. We went to University of Georgia. We hadn't been outside in a while. This was the beginning of March. It was a bad winter all through the country. And we show up at University of Georgia and get there 48 hours early so we can practice outside and get five or six hours of uh, practice time uh, before we play that match. And uh, all of a sudden it's rain. It's raining for 40 straight hours. Of course. And uh, so we play inside, practice inside. It looks like this match could be indoors two hours before the match. Boom. It's it's beautiful weather. <laughs> University of Georgia has 20 guys with squeegees, and they're making sure this match is going to be outdoors. So we go out there and haven't hit a ball really outside, and uh, we find ourselves in, in, in a very, very tough match, which, which we lost 4-0. Yeah, but, uh, it was it's all part of the uh, process of having the, the best schedule and putting your guys in tough situations that uh, you'll be able to uh, draw on and uh, as the season keeps going on and on. And, uh, you know, after losing that Georgia match, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty sad and, uh, you know, but the coaches are, you know, we're feeling pretty good because we've been there, but the guys are, you know, shocked. I can't believe that just happened. And, We've got USC staring us in the face at, uh, at, in Southern Cal. And, uh, all of a sudden, it's 3-3, last match on the court, and it's John McNally, and anything can happen, like you alluded to earlier, in a 3-3 match. And John McNally, as a true freshman, comes through after two or three rain delays. It was kind of like the UCLA match at, uh, at the NCAAs. It, it probably lasted seven or eight hours, and John McNally pulled through, and uh, we won 4-3. Uh, we pack up uh, the stuff, we go get a night's rest, and we travel over to a private club to, to play Arizona State the next day. And uh, Again, a little bit of rain, a little bit of a rain delay, and uh, we come through against a tough Arizona State team on some courts we've never played on who there aren't adequate lights, and uh, we're playing under the lights, and uh, I'm sitting there thinking I'm the worst coach in the country. We had this great win against <laughs> USC. Nobody beat Southern Cal at Southern Cal. And here we did it. Now I've got them playing less than 24 hours later at a, at a, at a club in uh, L.A. against a very, very good Arizona State team. And, uh, you know, we were able to pull out a 4-2 victory with J.J. Wolf. Uh, you know, Gertz beats Torpegard and J.J. Wolf comes through to uh, – and we've got our two young guys on the court, Wolf and McNally, and uh, we're, we're up 3-2. And, uh, you know, Wolf comes through with a great win, and I think McNally was maybe at 1-1 in the third when uh, Wolf got the final point against Arizona State. And uh, But we're, we're coming out of there, and we're feeling darn good, but who do you have staring yourself in the face? you got uh, University of Michigan coming to town in five days. <laughs> they've got four or five seniors. In here we go, here we go. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're a great team who's, who's, who's having a wonderful season. And, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be another battle. And uh, we were able to uh, pull through. Uh, you know, we won that match. But obviously, you know, it's a, it's a tight match. Uh, it might have been 4-1. but uh, Close doubles point, right? Right. Lost it right at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. Michigan's very good. Doubles well coached. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We were at <laughs> home. And, uh, you know, that was that was nice after playing Georgia, USC, and Arizona State on the road to, to be able to sneak into Michigan State on a Friday coming out of that trip and, and beat Michigan State and then have to hustle back to play uh, Michigan at noon and being tired from the traveling and 
being outside and now being indoors and, uh, you know, got a great crowd and was able to pull through a, a match against a top 10 team in uh, Michigan at, at home. So, you know, the scheduling kind of worked out for us and the fact that we had Michigan at home this year. And, uh, you know, then we're on to the Big Ten season and very good. But we got ourselves caught in a, in a, in a war at uh, University of Minnesota. And, uh, wow, was uh, we were lucky. Uh, two of our guys ended up with the stomach flu. Torpegard and Joyce hadn't eaten in 36 hours uh, before we played University <laughs> of Minnesota. And uh, we ended up uh, flying by by the skin of our teeth. And uh, it was... Uh, you know, a, a darn good match, but, uh, you know, then off to Wisconsin, then, you know, a home match against Illinois, and uh, they came in as, I think, a top eight team in the country, and uh, that match started outside and uh, finished indoors, and uh, we were able to get through them, and, uh, you know, that meant a lot, because, uh, you know, everybody's pretty good, you know, the Big Ten's, you know, pretty strong, but, uh, you know, for us personally, we were trying desperately to stay away from having to play in Illinois or Michigan in the semifinals of the Big Ten, even though our toughest match during the season had been Minnesota. So I really we, think uh, it wouldn't shock – so you guys finished the season 34-3? and three? I, I think you can name all 34 wins. I really do. I, I, yeah, I, feel I, could, I could name all 34 wins. <laughs> That's what I'm – not to cut you off. I don't mean to be rude. I'm just—it's impressive. It's photographic. Your memory of this season—it's very impressive. So you know, so we we, we, we get there and another war against Minnesota in the semifinals of the uh, Big Ten, and uh, you know, Corwin ends up taking out Torpegard. Uh, JJ Wolf has a nice win over Matich uh, uh, Speck, who was a senior from Minnesota, from Slovenia. Of course, and. Uh, he was able to pull through after getting uh, taking a pretty good beating. You know, uh, Speck beat uh, Speck beat Wolf pretty handedly at Minnesota. So to see JJ was playing some of his uh, some unbelievable tennis at that time, and uh, he pulled us through in that match with a win over Speck, who was undefeated, I think, in the Big Ten season. And uh, uh, you know, and then we're playing Illinois. They slid by Michigan uh, in the semifinals, and we're playing Illinois. And uh, we win a tight doubles point, and uh, then probably played the best uh, hour and 15 minutes of our season uh, uh, in the singles. And uh, I think we got six first sets on Illinois, which in the last 20 years really never happens. And uh, so we're feeling pretty darn good. And uh, then, uh, of course, like you are in, uh, as a coach, you're, you're always in a bad mood. The NCAA draw comes out with complaining, <laughs> oh, my goodness, East Tennessee State, they're a top three, four seed. How did we get East Tennessee State? <laughs> we, here's Kentucky playing Virginia Tech. We slid by Kentucky in a midweek match in April at Kentucky, 4-2, to two, by winning four in the third with McNally and Wolf in courts two and three for us to in a match for Kentucky. It just lost two days ago. 4-3 to Texas A&M, which I think they had a match point to win that match. So, you know, we're feeling pretty darn good, but, like, it's my job to always be grumpy. I'm sitting there, you know, and Justin's sitting there, and we're thinking, you know, Gene, Gene Lee Cranley, Tennessee State's a good four team, and, and we're going to have to probably play Kentucky in the second round, and that was a battle, and we're looking at everybody else's draws, and we're doing what tennis coaches do best, complain and, and, and act soft when we're trying to act make our guys act tough and uh you know we we all of a sudden you, 
usually when you have that 12-day break between playing in the Big Ten Conference Final to playing your first round of the NCAA, you haven't had 12 days off and four months of without matches, so you always have a little bit of rust. So when we kind of mugged uh, East Tennessee State in the first round and we didn't seem to have much rust on us, I started to feel pretty pretty good, and then we beat up on Kentucky pretty well, and we're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, look at that, Minnesota just beat Georgia, we knew they were good, uh, and then all of a sudden we're watching Minnesota beat Oklahoma 4-0, you know, we're thinking, wow, this is pretty good, but then I'm thinking, oh my goodness, maybe in the past two and a half months, Minnesota's played us the toughest, <laughs> so now we've got to go play them in the round of 16, but we're thinking, you know what, we're going to North Carolina, and the NCAA never wants to play any of the final 16 indoors, we're going to be outdoors against Minnesota, and that's what we want, can't wait to get there and play Minnesota outdoors, and we look at the look at the forecast, and it says rain in Winston-Salem for seven straight days, and so again, <laughs> I'm, mad. I'm mad again. Cronoggy's mad, and Schilling's running around saying you two are always mad, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and next thing you know, we, we, we get to uh, Winston-Salem for the round of 16, and uh, we're, we're staring at Minnesota, and when you know, here we go indoors, and uh, we're a little bit nervous because we believe that one, two, and three, you know, at positions one, two, and three, Minnesota's a top 10 team. I've got uh, two seniors in uh, Corwin and uh, Schmeck who are the real deal, and uh, their third player had won the region, the regional in uh, in the fall, and uh, so we knew we and, and that guy at point number three had beat McNally in the first match and was up seven six, and McNally was up four three when the match ended against Minnesota in the semifinal. So we knew we had our hands full and got out and got the doubles point and all of a sudden we were in a battle for first 60 minutes of that match and uh, all of a sudden you know guy stepped up Torp won a tough tiebreaker in the first set uh, Corwin was shocked kind of yeah, moody whatever it was Corwin kind of didn't get back up on the uh, horse and uh, Torp got a 4-0 lead and uh, from there we were able to uh, beat Minnesota but it was a much tougher match than the score showed and uh, then we up against Mississippi State who had won the SEC championship they had a doubles team I think that was 19-1 and one at number two doubles and then they had the number one doubles team in the country in the rankings with Borges and his partner so we knew we were in for a war in doubles and uh, you know they got the doubles point on us and uh, they're up 1-0 and I think we said that wasn't the point we thought we had. We thought we had four or five points in singles. So, guys, don't you worry about anything. Let's get off to some fast starts. And, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden we were in a big-time battle. And uh, I was at that Ohio State-Mississippi State match, and I saw you guys huddling after the doubles point. And to me, it looked like you were really lighting into the guys. You know, what goes on? in a team huddle like that, if you don't mind, you know, you don't have to give us specifics, but what are you telling the guys, you know, going down 1-0 to a team like Mississippi State? Well, obviously, you know, we were just letting them know that, uh, you know, we weren't happy with, uh, you know, a couple of the points here or there, and that uh, we couldn't have slip-ups when we had chances to win sets or, you know, break serve or win some games, and uh, we needed guys to obviously get off to a a fast start, and uh, we knew which courts that we felt uh, we had the chances to be successful. And so, you're positioning coaches in, in areas where you think the match is going to come down to. 
we put two guys up on the, on the the bank, so we left two coaches up there at the top with uh, with Joy with Schilling and Cronoggy going with Torpa Garden and Alley and Joyce at one, three, and five. And I went to the bottom at two, four, and six, uh, trying to search for uh, you know a, a point or two that. Uh, you know, we could make a difference. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, Kyle Seelig got out to a great start on Braun, who was one of their best players. And, uh, you know, he was actually up 6-1-4-0. Next thing you know, he's in a tiebreaker in the second set. We need that tiebreaker desperately. And Seelig played a great tiebreaker and uh, got the point. And J.J. Wolf was in the battle with uh, an Italian boy, Ordini, who, you know, got the first set. Somehow he slipped through and went on a set that J.J. should have won. And he, he got the set. And uh, Tubert was struggling at uh, at six. So I kind of positioned myself between Seelig and Wolf. And uh, looking at the scoreboard, I, I knew that we were looking pretty good to, at three and five. And we were looking pretty good at uh, – at uh, court four, so you know that's a good feeling for a coach when you have a torpedo guard at one because he, he he's won a lot of big matches and uh, he was able to maybe get the best shot in the history of Ohio State tennis. I think it was one o deuce. Borges hits a second serve and torpedo guard hits a hundred and forty mile an hour forehand winner. <laughs> went for it. I mean, I remember the shot. The, 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 you know the funny thing about it. Uh, on, on his second match point against Chrysogos in the quarterfinals. The biggest forehand return, and it hit the top of the tape. <laughs> As a coach, you, you, sometimes, you know, you don't want him, you, you want a little margin for error. And, uh, you know, against against Borges, I'm sitting there going, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. And against Chrysogos, I was going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but uh, that's the kind of uh, guy Torbegard was, and he was out there, and, there at that time in, in the match and uh, with our season on the line and uh, he took it to Borges pretty good and uh, I think it was a 6-1 so you know we were at final four guys are excited and uh, you know now you've got UCLA who's uh, who you're going to play and uh, in the semifinals and you want to be outdoors because you'd face them indoors earlier and uh, you know six foot four six foot five six foot six six foot three i mean they're they're, they're hitting you with uh you know some some big men and uh you know so we got off to uh, what was it ucla three tiebreakers in a row for the doubles which uh, we won two of them that sounds right yeah, I think we won two of the tiebreakers out of three tiebreakers for the doubles point, and we slide by that doubles point, and we get off, take that momentum into, and, 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 and we're looking good, and then the rains come, or the lightning, or whatever happened, and then we had to regroup, and we come back out, and we're doing all right, and there's another and another 35-minute delay, and we come back, and UCLA dominates us for the first seven or eight or nine <laughs> minutes after that uh, second break, and uh, somehow uh, we're able to regroup, and, uh, you know, Seelig wins a great match. Again, you know, Schilling and Cronoggy uh, are on courts one, three, and five, and uh, I'm down at uh, two, four, and six, and, uh, you know, there's a tough, tough match going on with Zhu and, and Wolf. Uh, Hans kind of breaks away from Torpegard and takes uh, takes our double point lead away and makes the score one one with them winning at six and uh, it comes down to Seelig in a in a third set against Logan Staggs and uh, we're able to uh, get that win right there and uh, 
I didn't get to see any points at the top, but uh, <laughs> you know, I thought Joyce played a played a great match from everything I've watched after the match and followed what he what the plan was for Joyce to do, which was a huge win because Cressy wasn't losing much at all at the at the five hole and. Uh, and uh, it was a great win for Joyce. And uh, we had a little bit of room because I think McNally had a break up 2-0 in the third on Keegan Smith when we uh, sealed the deal 4-1 on UCLA. So It's interesting because you talk about the matches. I'm pretty sure Wake Forest and Texas A&M were 4-3. But I thought your match was the more fascinating one. So many third sets. And like you mentioned, you know, in between the weather breaks after that second one, UCLA really jumped on everyone. I think they got breaks on all six courts or something something crazy uh you know you know you talked about you know freaking out at the draw but having played UCLA already earlier in the year was that a matchup your team was looking forward to is that something where you're able to you know pencil that down we're getting our revenge on this one well I mean you'd like to think that but you know how good they are and you look at them they beat USC four times and they beat Stanford and you know they were bees nose away from beating Wake Forest in the finals of the national indoors you're a tennis junkie and you're following all the results throughout the season because that's what you do and but you know there are no easy outs in the round of 16 quarters with the semis so at some point we were going to have to play a Wake Forest or a UCLA or a Mississippi State or a Texas A&M because we we played them before and we played you know tight matches with all of them so we knew but you know we knew our math was pretty good you know we uh, take Torbegard all the time in a in a big team match and he was up against Red Leakey and then you had two freshmen playing at McNally and Keegan Smith and earlier on in the year McNally was up 3-1 in the third when the match ended at the National Indoors against Keegan Smith so we felt we could win there and you know kind of like the matchup uh, uh, with Cressy and Joyce because you know Cressy's used to dominating the play making you feel his pressure all the time and Joyce is the same way so you know all of a sudden we're, we're attacking Cressy's second serve on every second serve and coming to the net and he's having to hit passing shots where he wants to be at the net holding serve and uh, you know Joyce is bringing the game at him and uh, he's, he's he's not liking it as much as he would like to be playing a, a Kyle Selig and making Kyle Selig get 39 passing shots two inches from the line to be able to beat him so you know we felt uh, pretty good there and uh, obviously you know Kyle Seelig's a big part so you know we felt we had uh, we felt we had opportunities you know Zhu and Wolf had played twice during the year and they were one and one so you know we weren't intimidated but we knew that we would get our chances but like in some of the matches we play in the Big Ten we'll get four or five chances to, to win sets but we knew that we would have a chance you know but it might only be one or two chances against UCLA and that we were going to have to step up in the big moments and, uh, and, and, and win. And, uh, you know, it, you, you saw Kyle Seelig step up in the big moments. You saw Torpegard step up in the big moments down the break. You saw, you saw these guys, you know, stepping up and, uh, you know, doing some things when they had the chance after we recovered from, like you said, giving up breaks after that uh, second rain delay. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, we got our chance, but we weren't going to get many more chances than that. You know, Joyce needed to take care of Cressy in that game, and he took care of him. And Torpegard needed to take care of 
Red Leaky, and he did. And uh, Selig took care of his guy. And, uh, you know, that set us on to the finals. And, uh, you know, we were happy, but it was 9 o'clock at night. And, you know, it's tough when you've got to get massages and you've got to get ice baths and you've got to get things. And you're not getting back to until 10, 15 or 10, 30. And they've got to get fed. And you've got to, the finals of the NCAA championship starting tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And, uh, you know, kind of all of a sudden, you know, we're, you know, after every match, we're, we're, we're in my room at the NCAA tournament watching just hours and hours of video and uh, watching, you know, the Mississippi State play and then UCLA play and then Wake Forest play. And you're trying to put together a game plan in a, in a short amount of time. And uh, we hadn't seen Wake Forest until that day. Uh, we played them the year before in the uh, semifinals of the national indoors of oh i remember uh, the match well 4-3 uh torp over free socos down 3-0 in the third torp was and he came back to uh win that match in in the third down 3-0 uh, in every set it felt like yeah and uh you know again we were uh you know again you know we lose a tight doubles point we're up a break against Wayne Forrest in the final match up a break in a one set doubles match with Joyce and Wolf we we squander our opportunity there uh we've got opportunities at two doubles uh they have an opportunity to put us away at three doubles serve for it they get broken above next thing you know we're up five three at the tiebreaker and at three doubles and uh you know it's kind of like uh the day before with ucla except everything went our way <laughs> no kidding and i i do want to ask you and this isn't meant to be a gotcha question just i want to know uh you know what you're thinking about that whole week you talk about the the match calculus for you guys and it really was torp at one Selig and Joyce at four and five and then find one more. And so, you know, going into this match, you make the choice. You play Tim Siebert at four. Selig and Joyce play five and six. And, you know, again, looking at the calculus, it's Torp, five and six. And then was it, you know, doubles is really that's where we need to get our fourth point. And was that something your team felt going into the doubles point? Or just how do you make that lineup decision? I mean, we knew that we had a 50-50 chance to get the doubles point and. You know, maybe a little more if it's at a neutral site, maybe a little less on their courts. But, uh, you know, we knew that we needed that uh, doubles point to, to make our dreams come true for sure. But uh, we felt we had other, uh, we had, uh, you know, other chances. And, uh, you know, I look back to the 2009 match and we had that Chase Buchanan who got to 150 in the world ATP and who played Tomish in the finals of the U.S. Open. And, you know, in, in that match, Chase Buchanan lost, a, lost a, you know, it was a, just a, it was a bad day for Chase when we played USC in 2009. So, you know, you start thinking that this is a pretty big stage, even though these freshmen have played in junior Wimbledon and junior French Open, like I said in the past, a little while ago. But, you know, some of those matches are played in front of 25 people. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing in front of 2,000 people. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different feel. And they've never played in an environment like that before. And, uh, you know, it's, they, they, they ran away on Wolf and McNally's court. Wake Forest did. And we ran away with uh, Joyce and Seelig, you know, got their wins. And McNally and Wolf had tough days at the office. So we're down 3-2. You know, I positioned myself at uh, Zybert's court, and we're up 5-2 in the second set. And I'm thinking, you know, we've, we've got a chance at this. And, uh, you know, it's my job to uh, walk him through and to get that set. That's what I get paid to do. And, uh, 
you know, I didn't uh, handle the business like I needed to handle the business because we needed to get that match into a third set, which would have uh, put a lot of pressure on, uh, you know, anything can happen, as we've talked about many times in this conversation. When it gets to 3-3, you can throw everything out the window when a match is at 3-3 and everybody realizes that uh, all eyes are on one court. So, you know, we really needed to get that 5-2 or that 5-3 game to get that set. Hopefully, Torque pulls through in that tiebreaker. He was up a set on Gojo. And, uh, you know, we, that's all, all we could have asked for would be three after losing the doubles point and to be 3-3 playing national championship of one set. And uh, for somehow, you know, I mean, Tim had been in and out of the lineup, and uh, he's going to be a great player, a terrific player. Got the size, got the tools. He's he's going to be good, and uh, you know, but it's a hard thing to ask an 18 year old boy who just showed up from Germany in January. Yeah, no kidding. But still, you know, you're on the precipice. Such a incredible result. Uh, you know, you have some. How long does it take? You know, as a coaching staff, as a team, is it something where you know you're you're watching the film the next day, you're going over what you could have done differently, or is it more just you know, okay, that's there's all time to get back into recruiting and amping it up for the next year? No, it was you know back in you've got a horse in Torbegard who's who's wanting to make a run at the NCAA. You've got JJ Wolf in it, and you've got uh, Torbegard and Joyce who early in the season they were great great doubles team but we struggled a little bit with uh, McNally and Wolf so we had to break up Torpegard and Joyce and uh, they were lucky you know I was I was lucky that I, that, that I got away with it because we broke them up and they dropped to 25-26 in the nation probably one of the last three or four teams to make the NCAA field so you know for Mark Joyce who and some hero and has done great things you know you really wanted him to push through and, and get two wins so our focus was only on the individual and singles and the doubles event and trying to uh help martin and jj and, and torp uh, become all americans and and push for a national title and uh, you know it was nice to uh see torpegard and joyce because like i said early on you know selfless players they didn't complain one time when we split them up and i think they were up in the top six or eight in the country in February as a doubles team and they had to take the hit and uh, you know put Torbegard with McHugh and put Joyce with Wolf at one and uh, had a pretty uh, successful doubles run uh, through the rest of the year but uh, you know it was nice to see Torbegard and Joyce who were able to uh, still make the NCAA field judging on you know uh, on what they did in, in February because they didn't play again you know after we left Georgia they never played doubles again the rest of the season yeah and I mean again an incredible run for both uh Torp and Joyce I actually I was doing some research for this and I learned in all four of Torp's uh years in the NCAA singles draw he lost to all four eventual champions Shane McDonald Ty and then uh this year Petra so you know heck of a run for Torp uh, I was going to save this for later but I'm going to ask you this now where does Mikhail Torpegard rank on your all-time Buckeyes you know, we've had that conversation for the last uh, two weeks, and you know, it's 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 you know, there's there's Torbegard, and he's right up there with uh, the Buchanans and the Rollas and the Stephen Monicas and the and the Brian Cognacos and uh, <laughs> the Ty you know, Tuckers. 
Yeah, you know, the Justin Cronoggies, uh, oh, you know, Justin Cronoggy had an unbelievable career, another selfless guy who uh, who ended up playing three as a senior and uh, could have been uh, complaining all the way, you know, being a one and be, being the one and two because he had finaled the national indoors. But, you know, you've got guys like that. You've got Peter Cobelt that had a, had a wonderful career. But, you know, when you... Uh, you know, final the doubles and you final the NCAA singles and you, you you lead your team to the semifinals and you lead your team to the finals of the team event and all of the things that he did. I think he finaled the national indoors and doubles as well and lost to Red Leaky one year and I think semifinal the national indoor as well. And, uh, you know, everything he's, he's done for the program, you know, I put him right up there with Buchanan and Rolla. But, uh, you know, guys like Stephen Monica who finaled the uh, – NCAA tournament and guys like Brian Konyaku was a national indoors champion and Justin Cronoggi who's the career leader of all time singles and doubles victories in the history of Ohio State tennis is uh, you know he's uh, Torbegard is you know there's there's nobody that can say they're a better Buckeye but uh, there are some guys that can definitely say that uh, they were every bit as good as Torbegard but uh, in my opinion you know he's He's one of the best, but, you know, Peter Kobelt had an amazing career, and, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm, yeah, sure I'm missing some other guys. Of course, I mean, yeah, some, not selling anyone short. No. Guys that uh, did some great things for Ohio State tennis. Absolutely. Well, then, you know, I want to end here with a few quick-hitting questions, uh, just some thoughts on, you know, the miscellaneous tennis universe, but obviously big news in the college tennis community coach brian boland making his return to baylor Uh, obviously those virginia teams some of the you know ohio state's nemesis over the years uh what are your thoughts on coach boland making his return you know it's great i mean college tennis uh needs guys like brian boland who are great at what they do and uh he's, he's, he's a force to be reckoned with and one of the best uh tennis coaches of all time and uh he'll have Baylor up and running just as Matt Canole did, who was a Hall of Fame coach. But, uh, you know, I know Brian Bowen pretty well. Uh, the story's been out a couple of times. Uh, I was early on coaching at Ohio State. We were trying to make our move into the top 25 in the country. And, uh, you know, we scheduled Brian Bowen at Indiana State. I think they were 18 in the country, and we were 21. And we go to Terre Haute, Indiana to play Brian Bowen's uh, years and years and years ago, and uh, the guy had uh, beaten Georgia, I think, in the national indoors the year before, his team was making big runs, and uh, headlines, not on the sports page, but on the front page of the Terre Haute newspaper that morning, it was like, first top 25 team comes to, to uh, Terre Haute to play in Indiana State tonight, and, uh, you know, he had all the buzz in Terre Haute, Indiana, and all of a sudden show up to play. Indiana State, and uh, and uh, he's got probably 200 chairs all around the bubble, and uh, he, he had the place packed in Terre Haute, Indiana, for the match against Ohio State, and uh, coming on the uh, a 4-3 win in the uh, in the last minute of that match, and uh, all of a sudden, right after that year, he took the Virginia job, and uh, he did some great, great things. I mean, even in Indiana State. I'm sure, you know, what he did at Virginia was just phenomenal, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, Baylor's going to have some uh, big success, but uh, they had some uh, great success with Matt Canole, who is truly a Hall of Fame coach, and uh, who uh, I'm sure he'll 
surface somewhere after he gets a little uh, rest and realizes that uh, he wants to be back in the game. And uh, <laughs> Matt Canole will, will, will turn the program around. But uh, Brian Boland is uh, phenomenal at, at what he does with, uh, you know, college tennis. And, yeah. Uh, he, he's tough to beat. Yeah, how quickly uh, will Baylor go on the Ohio State schedule? One year, two years? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I haven't talked to Coach Boland since I beat us in the semifinals in 2017. <laughs> you know, we've each other at the U.S. Open but, uh, a couple times, and I haven't talked to him. But, uh, you know, we'd like to play the best team, so I'm sure if, uh, I'm sure that uh, Ohio State and Baylor will uh, be getting it on in the uh, next couple of years. And uh, I think that they are uh, a darn good team, and... Uh, Great resources, and uh, you know, college tennis is uh, is great. And uh, by no means, with you know, with the no ad scoring and with what everything's going on in college tennis, I mean, there are some great teams that are uh, you know in the sport. And uh, if you uh, want to be one of the best five teams in the country year in and year out, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to make sure that your uh, athletes are improving every year because there are. There are just that, you know, as you saw, you know, Mississippi and setting Stanford in the NCAA tournament, Minnesota beating Georgia and Oklahoma. I mean, there, there, there aren't any gimmicks when you get to the final 32 of the NCAA tennis tournament. Uh, <laughs> great places from around the world. They're so expensive to travel in the pro circuit. So most of these international kids are finding their way to uh, college tennis. And it truly is a, a great level. And it truly is a, a minor level. Minor, minor league level of tennis for, you know, if you can go out. I mean, if you look at all the guys in the past 10 years that have been able to dominate college tennis, they've been able to go on and be quite successful playing professional tennis. I like it. And, you know, we have talked a lot of tennis on this podcast, but before we go, I want to do a quick rapid-fire segment to let our fans know, you know, what is Coach Ty Tucker all about? What is going on behind those sweatpants? And so... You know, we'll have a couple fun ones for you. I'll start with an easy one. Your favorite non-tennis athlete? My favorite non-tennis athlete right now or all time? I I want both. I mean, it'd obviously be Michael Jordan. I didn't follow the NBA uh, much at all, but uh, Michael Jordan, who I I would stop and watch and turn on a game and – and, uh, you know, just be mesmerized on what he was able to do in the big moments. And, uh, you know, people said I was on the bandwagon. I was pulling to the bowls. But, uh, <laughs> about Michael Jordan. But, uh, you know, anybody in Ohio State football right now, I'd have to say it's probably uh favorite athlete right now might be uh, Nick Bosa. See what he can do if he can uh, live up to, uh, you know, his brother Joey Bosa and uh, see what he can do. And, uh you know, Ohio State football, uh, you know, Joey Pato, I'm a big Cincinnati Reds <laughs> fan, so I like Joey Pato, the Reds, I'm actually be at the game th- tomorrow night against the Cardinals, so, you know, I like uh, I like the Reds, and I like Ohio State football, and I'm sure that doesn't uh, <laughs> fit well with you. But, oh, uh, no, I like you it. You know, I, 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 was, I was living in Detroit when... Uh, when uh, the team up north was uh, was having their way with Ohio State football, so I've been through the I've been through the highs and the lows, and right now uh, 
Ohio State football is it's, it's super high, and uh, and uh, that's 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 my passion when I'm uh, when I'm down with Dennis, reading about all the recruiting and uh, <laughs> on elevenwarriors.com all the time. I even go to the Michigan site to to get a couple good chuckles of them uh, ripping the Buckeyes. So, uh, it's uh, oh, I like to hear. It. Well, then, in that note, coach, you model yourself most after. You know, I don't. Uh, model myself after anybody I tried to you know learn some lessons that my dad taught me when he was working with me in tennis when I was young, younger and uh, you know I just think that uh, you're going to get out of it once you put into it and uh, we talked about it earlier I mean I think my number one job is to go out there every day and find a way you know a guys that got a bad grade in exam or having trouble with their relationships with a significant other and uh, all the things that happen in a, you know, a five, six month season and uh, be able to get those guys to understand that uh, they've got to get everything they have for Ohio State today and uh, every day. And uh, it's, 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 I'm asking them to do it, then I need to do it. So that's, that's where I'm at with uh, that. But, uh, so maybe Dr. I Phil. secondary uh, concern. Well then, here's a here's an interesting one. The Ohio State player you've coached that you wish you could play in a two out of three set match over the years. Is there any player you've coached you're like, wow, I wish I could just beat the <laughs> out of this kid uh, on the court, of course. Yeah, maybe when you were a young coach. I mean, there have been guys that you were recruiting that you didn't get that you'd like to take them out on the court and show them a, a thing or two because <laughs> uh, you know some people when you're coming up and. You know, when I, when I started this thing, we were, you know, ranked 100 in the country and hadn't won a Big Ten match in three years. So, obviously, you're knocking on the doors trying to recruit all the good players that can make a difference for your program. And, uh, I, uh, you know, there'd probably be some times where I was a little bent out of shape, a little bit sad because uh, I thought I could help this guy develop and I wasn't getting the, the fair look. And with what Ohio State has to offer, I, you know, it kind of, as a competitor, you you want to get the best players for your team, but uh, you know nobody that I'd like to go out on the court <laughs> and, and show them. I just, you know, I'm, I'm lucky and fortunate. You know, things have gone well for the Buckeyes. And, uh, I've had guys that wanted to get better and wanted to listen and wanted to learn. And, you know, I feel like, you know, I feel good. I feel that uh, a lot of uh, 
uh, coaches around the country and peers and think that, uh, you know, Ohio State's a place where guys actually develop. And uh, I think that uh, the coaching staff and does a great job at Ohio State developing players to uh, get them, uh, you know, accolades while they're in college and get them ready to play some tennis at the next level if that's what they choose to do. Uh, well, the answer I was looking for is I would beat Torp 0-0 or just something crazy like that. So what, gut feeling, 1991, you play Torp. What's the score? Four and five Torp. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Unless there's, I bet there's a big hook in the second set, one way or the other. Someone's hooking something. I mean, somebody was going to try and win. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's uh, Torp is uh, Torp's a a tough guy, mentally tough guy who uh, who who likes to win, and uh, that's (laughs) that's what you need. And uh, you know, it's been a great, great run, uh, coaching Big Torp, and uh, he's. uh, I look forward to uh, watching him and, uh, you know, in, over the next 18 months trying to navigate. Uh, okay. I mean, I agree. It's going to be so fun to watch. But I have two more quick ones for you. Uh, all right. Favorite match you've ever been a part of? Favorite match I've ever been a part of? Uh, you know, it was probably, uh, believe it or not, it was probably, you know, I think uh, it, we've got some crazy record i think uh you know we've got the longest uh longest home winning streak in the history of college athletics of course and uh i would say it's when uh john roddick and oklahoma came in and we had 700 people and the fire marshals were only letting people come into the match if somebody left so there was a line outside trying to get in because i think we were four in the country and they were one in the country and we ended up losing that match seven six in the third after mecca having two match points or after having one match point and i think we'd won 202 matches in a row and yeah, they they broke our streak on that night. What an but answer! Just the the atmosphere and the way that Ohio State handled it and brought probably three hundred people from the from the crowd out onto the court to to the adjacent court to watch the last fifteen or twenty minutes of that match was just. I looked around and people were hanging off lights and people were wedged in everywhere. And, uh, you know, from starting at Ohio State Tennis, when we played in a four-court wooden hut and uh, and uh, trying to give uh, little Debbie snacks away to get people to come to the match. And now all of a sudden there's people in uh, every nook and cranny. And, uh, you know, we had the right guy out there for that match and we had the chance and uh, – we didn't, but that was probably, you know, the, uh, you know, the match that I remember forever and, you know, one of the best matches I've ever been a part of. And, uh, it was, uh, it was great. I mean, it was, uh, it was truly, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit mad right now because <laughs> I, 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 I think I, we might be like 260 and one in our last 261 matches at home. So since that loss, We've won every home match, and you know we've we played the Georges and we played the Texas A and M. We played a, a big time schedule, so it's not like uh, you know we're uh, we're scheduling uh, the Twig, Ohio University, Zanesville, and uh, they're coming into play us every day. You know, it's 
It's not like uh, we're not playing some uh, some big competition, but that's been, uh, you know, that's probably the best match. When we talk to people and the regulars that come to matches, I mean, that's the match that everybody talks about. So, you know, it's it's been, a, you know, another good one was probably Texas A&M this year with Torpon Renderneck with the all eyes on him and we're playing Texas A&M and it's truly one of the best four teams in the country this year. And, uh, we slid by them four three. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always think with, with, uh, the great coaches, they do remember the losses more than the wins for me. You know, all of my back, back in the day matches, I remember, Oh, uh, I played club tennis sophomore year. We lost to a Florida team that we had. And it was just embarrassing. So I totally sympathize with that feeling. But okay, the last question I want to ask you, and this is fitting because we've had a lot of Michigan-Ohio State banter on this podcast. If you could replay a a win over Michigan um, or winning the ITA indoors, which would you prefer to redo? Just any win over Michigan or just taking that ITA indoor? I would probably review the uh, match in my second season where we hadn't beat Michigan in years and years and years and years. And it was my second year as a head coach and playing against Mark Mason. We had double team match point. We lost that match. (laughs) That would be the match that uh, I would uh, wish I could uh, pop it in when I get home on the uh, the video system and – watch that again and uh, go back and, uh, you know, see those guys that uh, really helped uh, Ohio State tennis make the jump. And uh, guys like Bob Wellstein and Chris Porter and Andrew Carlson and Phil Metz and guys like that who were part of that match who, you know, didn't get to the, the, you know, the success that they deserved, uh, you know, early on, like the guys in the past 10 years, you go to Ohio State Tennis now and you play at home in these in a beautiful facility and against big matches and the fans are out and they get all, all of the love and all of the respect and, uh, you know, there were guys out there that were just, you know, we talked about it and talked about the Ohio State-Michigan match like we do for every Ohio State-Michigan match and uh, we had won in, in years and, uh, you know, we had a chance to beat them at home and, uh, like I said,
130 or 140 wins in, in, in a row on our on our home on our home streak and we had you know we might have been three or four in the country we had mississippi with billy chadwick coming in and they were like <laughs> seven or eight in the country of course and and the legend and the story goes <laughs> the crowd's there everybody's there warm-ups are going on and there's a power outage in Columbus <laughs> and the match doesn't get played. So, you know, the joke with all the coaches was that I got a little bit too nervous and I went in the back and shut off all the lights. So maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. But uh, that match didn't end up getting played. And uh, we sat around for three or four hours in the, uh, uh, there was an accident at high street and our grid was on that thing. And, they couldn't get the power back on. So fans sat there from 5.30 to 9 o'clock hoping that there was going to be a tennis match. And, um, and it didn't, but it kept our streak alive, so mm. I was happy. I love it. And you, you got to cut the cord sometimes. Do what you have to do yeah. to keep that streak alive. I love it. Well, you have to. Yeah, well, Coach, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned before, anyone who follows college tennis obviously knows about you and all you've given to the game. So thank you for your contributions. Thank you for you know making the Buckeyes so entertaining to watch, even for a Michigan guy like me. And you know, I wish you a ton of success to you and your Buckeyes moving forward. But feel free to throw us a win every now and then. Appreciate uh, the time you spent and what you do for college tennis. And, uh, you know, on the second part, uh, I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> and nobody gives us any wins. And uh, if you're going to beat Michigan or you're going to beat Ohio State or Illinois or anybody in the Big Ten or anybody in the schedule we play, you got to beat them. Nothing's given. So I love I'm it. sure that. Uh, they're uh, already, uh, we've already had four or five days of uh, summertime practice, and I'm sure the team up north is uh, trying to get back after it and uh, dreaming of uh, next season and uh, having Ohio State come into, uh, I think they call it the slaughterhouse up there. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they already have it uh, circled, but uh, they're not the only ones that have it circled. Yeah, I love it. I'll be the one in the gray sweatpants, uh, you know, screaming my head off. So, you know, you, you, you know, can look if, if you're going to do that, you know, 10 years ago, they had a dress like Ty Tucker Day promotion. Yeah. I don't know if you've checked that out. But, uh, oh, I've seen some photos. a little boy who won that <laughs> game with his gray sweats and his paper tucked in them. And they were oversized <laughs> and uh, a little bit dirty. So uh, he ended up winning the prize package. Uh, yeah. but, uh, That's hilarious. I, I hope to uh, hope to keep winning some matches and get a chance to be on your show again. No, you are always welcome. But, yeah, we will definitely talk to you soon, Coach. Drive safely and take care. Thanks for all the good publicity. Yeah, of course. Take it easy. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Everything is confusing. You will be good, but you will be poor. You will be good, but you will be poor.